What's the episode? What is the episode? She's looking at episode 4. the script here i've got the script on my phone how did you get the script oh well for your own thing (laughs) not for the entire episode of this television show welcome welcome seven letters you want a longer word no let her go bienvenido i don't know any other thanks for welcome to yeah. season three, yeah, episode make... four, the podcast where we watch that episode of a television show completely out of context with the rest of the the, the, the series. It's early enough in the season to be good, but late enough in the series. No shit, I'm not reading the script right now. <laughs> it's early. Late enough. It's late enough in the show to be good, and early enough in the season to make sense. I'm Elise. I'm Adam. We're, we, we have we have Rihanna back today. It's Hi, me. Rihanna Taylor. Rihanna Wynn Taylor. Wow, like I Diana Wynn like, Jones. Who is that? Oh, she wrote Dragon Books. She wrote books about dragons. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, I think I've read one. Yeah, Diana Wynn Jones. Nice. She also wrote Howl's Moving Castle. No way. No. No. no? Am I gonna do the Wubble What again? The yeah, but it's based on a novel. The novel. <gasps> Diana, Diana Queen. Jones? I actually have the novel. How does she spell win? Uh, W-Y-N-N-E. That's mine. Whoa. That's how I spell it. Look at this quaint old lady. Oh my god. Is she Welsh? Is she She's She's writing about dragons. She died in Bristol. Oh. In 2011. I gotta know about this. 2011 happens to be the year that this show Yeah, she did write Howl's Moving Castle. Wow. Literary novel. My namesake. Of YA novels. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh, man. I, I feel like every episode that we've done since you've been on... Has been fine. Since you've been on! Yeah, yeah. Has just been leading up to you coming back. <laughs> we I have been looking forward to this. I I'm have happy too. to have you back. I'm very happy to mm-hmm. be here. Mm-hmm. Your hair. It's insulting how good it looks. It, it is... The, the audience you. does can't hear that. They can't hear. You. Can you give us a little? Yeah, fair talk. I really hope they can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little taste to what that's you're just, getting. And that's just that's not even the tip of the iceberg. No, no, it's true though. I have incredible hair. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and so do both of you. Thank you. Lush, healthy curls. Like two people who never went through a straightening phase. Mm, never did no, it. Never, never done. Hair never wise. done did it. I, I don't know about like my, sexually or socially. I think sexually Stra- I did. The straightening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that's it's a horror movie. The happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the plants all make you gay. We're all scared gay. of the gay in it. <laughs> <laughs> the gay in it. 
2021, babe, it happened. Oh, man. We watched the United States of Terror today. We did! This is going to be fun to edit. It's a Showtime series. The IMDb summary of the show is, a woman struggles to find a balance between her dissociative identity disorder and raising a dysfunctional family. Don't we all... Aim to raise a dysfunctional family. I, thought, I, I really actually do. thought they were quite functional. They were pretty functional. They was, it was season three. Yeah, good point. As I understand it, the last season of the series, though, as well. Yes. Sadly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tony Collette needs to be on our TVs more. Well, she's on our big screens. She's on the big screens. She needs to be on all my screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She needs to be on my text message screen. Yo. <laughs> Drop I'll a DM to Tony Collette. Collette. This episode is titled Wheels, which fucking love that as a name. Yeah, name. That's a great name. Wheels. Yeah. I definitely saw like a thing where people are upset that uh, parents were naming their kids Scooter. Um, <laughs> I, st- I don't like the name Scooter, but Wheels, love that shit. Really bomb. Wheels is dope. And as a middle name. Right? Yeah. With imagine quotes. imagine if it wasn't uh, Win as your middle name, but, but Wheels. But Wheels. Rihanna Wheels, Wheels Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Almost... It almost rolls off the tongue better. It does. Yeah. It does. Uh, it aired on April 18th, 2011. And for the IMD episode, IMDb episode summary, would you like to hear the one written by Gary KMCD or by Showtime Publicity? Because there are two of them on IMDb. Fantastic. Do you have an opinion? Uh, they're both bad and way mm, too long. and hilarious. don't And don't like... They explain things that don't happen in the episode as if it happened in the episode. I want to hear Rihanna's. Uh, <coughs> I would like to hear... You want to hear my summary? No, no, no. Go ahead. We can do it. I mean, you your want. summary would be more efficient than the two written <clears throat> by these two. Do you think so? Should we try to tag team this? Like one All word at a time? Perhaps not. Yeah. But... Like story. One chunk at a time. One chunk at a time. Yeah. Sure. Let me consult my Can notes. Consult your notes and May you start us off. Oh, please. Uh, well, the episode, uh, Tara's dealing with the repercussions of one of her alters yep. running over her sister in the car. In the in in the. No, no, you said car. During her labor, during her labor, is this inducing her labor? She induced labor by hitting her with a car. Premature labor because of the stress of getting fucked. And it was her alter T, who is a very like raunchy, irresponsible teenager, Mm -hmm. who stole the car, and she has a history of stealing cars. She always sees Tara's car. Whatever, everyone's fine with it mm-hmm. when Vin Diesel does it, but yeah, but Vin Diesel's a man. That's Damn it. true. Right. He's a teenage true. girl in a forty-something-year-old woman's body. That's wild. So, yeah, she faces a lot of hurdles that Vin yeah. Diesel doesn't. And <laughs> uh, you, you gesture to me. Uh, I face a lot of hurdles that Vin Diesel doesn't no, no, as well. With the summer. Oh, the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Um, okay, this isn't as efficiently said as <laughs> as what I read on IMDb. Go ahead and read it. Uh, but um, uh, Patton Oswalt is the daddy. Yes. Of, of the baby. He's very excited, um, mm-hmm. but he seems somewhat immature. Um, and uh, then I realized that both he and the uh, sister to Tony Collette's Tara... <laughs> Um, are 
both immature in similar ways. Yeah. Tony Collette's also dealing with the stress from her schooling. Um, her professor won't let her take a break um, or like like delay the test because he thinks her multiple personality or her dissociative identity disorder is a crutch, if not made up entirely Mm -hmm. um and uh so she forces herself to work on this thing her husband is like take a break don't like stop putting yourself in this position she says a mean thing to him um and then her son like has uh uh is like starts to have a threesome um and it's kind of awkward and it feels well, they're nervous. They're young. It was a little weird. It out. It weird. see the tension between, yeah. like, clearly one of these three boys is kind of the boss of the group, mm-hmm. and it seems like there's a primary relationship that is between the two of them, you know, Tara's son and the mean, sexy boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then <clears throat> Tara's son and this other boy... Weird tension. Have a, have a, a little, a little romantic tension. They're, they're both. They both are uncomfortable in similar ways, and they see that mm-hmm. in each other. Mm-hmm. Also, Tara's daughter, who is Brie Larson, yes, playing a baby, Captain Marvel. Um, <laughs> uh, she, she's in an airport. <laughs> she has a whole journey. She's in an airport, yeah. like freaking yeah. out. Yeah. Um, about moving to Japan. About moving to Japan, which she isn't doing. And then she gets picked up, up by her dad. And then she has a conversation with her mom about how uh, it would be nice to like know what you're doing. And her mom's like, well. And then she's like, goes back to the airport for some reason. To get her bag. Oh, to get her bag. And there she sees the... Think uh, of it, you're not materialistic. <laughs> it was empty. Yeah, yeah. She sees anyway. some boy Roy. The materialism is empty. Yeah. Inherently. I she sees the flight attendant. She sees the flight attendant and she's like, I want to be that badass. Yep. Flight attendant. There was, there was some... Like Brie Larson could just have sexual tension and chemistry with a oh, coffee wow. cup. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> when she saw thing. that flight attendant, I was just like... I don't think she wanted to fuck the flight attendant. No, she didn't. She de- I definitely didn't want to, but my head went there. Yeah. I think her head went there too. Ah. I think I think it's not like <laughs> I think it's not like a fantasy of like I'm ready to fuck that flight attendant, but like, oh shit, that flight attendant looks so hot and fuckable right now. I wish I was that. I no. don't Maybe know if fuckable. she wants to be hot and fuckable, mm. but, but later in the powerful, conversation powerful. between Kate, Brie Larson, and Tara Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. She says, Mom, I met this woman, the flight attendant, who was so confident. Right, yeah, right. And I thought, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Admiration. Yeah. yeah. Total yeah. admiration over this woman who just is like letting it all hang out yeah. and looking good while doing it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, woman, yeah, yeah. this woman who took control of her life to mm-hmm. the conversation they had. Mm-hmm. Which was, like, her journey was really neat and tied in a bow by the end of the episode. Like Brie Larson's character, Kate. Yeah. Um, and honestly, such a vibe. I feel like that way too, especially when you're young. I don't know how old she is, but just to like, to want something and just do it, just like. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds what not you a care idealize an adult being. When you're yeah, just making choices mm-hmm. with ease yeah. and confidence. 
and they work out. Yeah, yeah. like being successful. Well, also, also kind of arbitrarily, like she just saw, because she doesn't have to do that to be confident. She knows what she wants. She knows she wants to be confident, but her her workaround to being confident was to be a flight attendant. Yes, <laughs> which is. I mean, if, if that's what you think's gonna do it for you, sure. Yeah. But there are other ways to be confident. No. But, but for Brie Larson, it was like, that's the ticket. Yeah. That's, uh, that is youthful ticket. logic. Yeah, because I think she's like 16 or 17. Ah. Good the lord. Character. And she was gonna move to Japan? Yeah. Wow. And they were like, okay. Well, do you want context oh, from outside this episode? Oh, uh, right question. now, who's to say? Who's we to should, say? Let's, should we? <laughs> should we rein this in? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we read the actual summary and let. Oh, we want to read the actual summary. <laughs> I feel like we did a really good job. I think, think so? we did a great okay, job because honestly, the what we're gonna get from these quote unquote Wait, actual let's summaries is 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 warm, right? It is toasty. Again, this turtle neck doesn't breathe. Ah, this is Walmart. This is Walmart. I'm gonna just do this. Do it. Let it hang. My ribs are out. My abs are really sore from laughing so much last night. Okay, braggart. That's braggadocious. Okay, fine. Oh, Tara's sister won't let her hold the baby. Oh, the baby. Huge point. That's that is like the point. She's gotten to like a. Their relationship has fallen so far, um, like she's she's fed up with Tara's mental health. Yeah, as I understand it, Tara wasn't isn't hasn't been this bad in a long time. Is what Mm -hmm. I'm putting together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the point where she's untrustworthy with a baby. Um, Yeah, Yeah, she did hit her sister with a car. Yeah, that's a big. T. This is the thing when they're in the hospital room. Tara wants to hold Charmaine's baby. Because it's her niece, Charmaine's firstborn. She says, I'm not comfortable with it. When she comes back to try again, she says, I didn't do anything. That was tea, Mm -hmm. you know? And it always is that. Like, that's the recurring thing is that... There's no accountability. Not that there's no accountability. Well, that is how Charmaine feels. Yeah. Yeah. In Tara's world, she hasn't done anything. These altars are not... Her. Yeah. And each person has to decide for themselves what they believe, whether or not they are all ultimately Terra, or they are all different entities that exist within her for some reason, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, can you blame Terra for what her body does? I feel like she... There's legal precedent for this. Her... Sure, but... (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's that's a. Yeah, I did some googling. Well, yeah. I did some googling. Oh, you did. Like and like, uh, dissociative identity disorder has been used many times uh, to like plead for like, or has been used times, uh, not I don't know how many times, uh, <laughs> but multiple times in legal things to say, hey, not guilty. This person wasn't in control of their actions. It was another like person. And how can you like? Uh, make the like punish the the one person for another person's crimes and right. all that kind of stuff, and it's been unsuccessful legally a lot, um, just because. Yes, yeah, it's very difficult. To... Uh, it's, yeah, it's very difficult to hold like who is to responsible that. in that situation, and like uh, in this episode, it seems like Tara holds like r- uh, assumes responsibility for it, oh. like because by the end she's like, 
we're not doing United States of Terra name of the TV show. I don't yes. know if you know that. Yeah. First time it comes up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. First time in the show it comes up? I'm fairly sure. Oh. oh wild. Wow. I thought it sounded like something that they had discussed previously. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that phrase, the title of the show, yeah. ever actually being uttered in the well, show. Well, that's pretty exciting before. for us. I don't know. What a treat. True. What a treat. Oh, what a treat. Uh, this is the one you want to I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one more time Thank with you. a little pulled back. Yeah. I don't know! Yeah, yeah, I love that you projected <laughs> more. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. much more. She, she did <laughs> physically pull back, though. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, so she's... Is she responsible? Like, what is the show? I don't know. What do you think? Is she responsible for uh, I think for she's the responsible for her. her mental health. Yeah. It's tough to say. But then she's also responsible for the mental health of all the other people within her body. I think she has to accept that her sister doesn't... The way that her sister yeah. sees the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think she does. Regardless of who's accountable. Yeah. Well, what that about, like, speaking of taking responsibility of your, for your mental health, uh-huh. when her husband, Max, which is that guy from... Sex and the City. city. Yeah, Aiden from Sex and the City. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I actually love his character this much more. Oh, my God. So nice. He's such a nice guy. He's so, like, there. I always thought if my name wasn't Adam, it would be pretty cool if it was Aiden. Nice. uh, (laughs) That's just one. That's one, one, like, little arch less on the, uh, you know. He's also the dad to all the boys I loved before. Nice. He's oh. a great dad. And great he's a dad. husband he in my energy, big fat dude. Greek wedding. Oh, he's also fucking... just a really nice and supportive guy. Yes. Yeah. That's what well, we need from you, white man. White man. White man. White man. Mm-hmm. In the scene where Max confronts Tara, she's aggressively studying again mm-hmm. after her professor, who's Eddie Izzard. Eddie yeah. Izzard. Hello. Oh my what God. the fuck? What? Yeah, an absolute... Um, so amazing. <laughs> Stacked really cast, innocent. like literally top to bottom, every yeah. single person in it yeah. Yeah. is like stellar. Um, Professor Snape. Hannity, what's his name? You know, tells Tara, everything's an excuse. Uh, you can't have an extension on your essay. She's furiously studying once more for this exam. Max comes out, what are you doing? We agreed you were going to take a break. And she's like, I have to do this. And he, you know brings up the I don't remember which one of them brought up the fact that like she used to be on medication he did and she chose to go off of medication though it means this life for all of them dealing with these altars um and the fallout of the altars making their appearances but when she was on the medication she said I was drooling in a corner was that accurate An accurate description of what... Well, can I tell you something like that's not from this episode? Yeah, you yeah. can tell us what yeah. okay. Spoil whatever the, you want. Just the way that the entire series begins is immediately after Tara and her therapist at the time have decided she's going to go off of medication. So before, the moment before, yeah. you know, for however long, possibly years, she has been medicated... And the altars have not been making appearances because she's been so heavily medicated. And she doesn't like how it makes her feel. She is a painter, which doesn't really come up in this episode. But she's an artist, primarily a painter. And she's like, I can't make art. I can't be intimate with my husband as easily. Mm -hmm. I, like, don't feel like a human being. 
Which it's is in her, thing her, that a lot yeah, of people talk about. Her quality of life is yeah. suffering because she's on medication. Yes. So they all decide this is going to be the right choice for now. Mm. And we're going to try to navigate this, you know, and like learn new tools along the way. Yeah. And so that's the whole premise of the show is like what happens when the altars come back. And when you deal with your mental health without being on medication. Yeah. And which kind of like a noble premise. I don't know. Anti-pharmaceutical at least. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work for her at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like she talks about that in the very beginning of the first episode, like all of the struggles of being on medication and is it worth it or will it be better to be myself and all of these other people too? Right. Well, I mean, I think there's a... No, go on. No, you, 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 you you had a thing. (laughs) There's, there's like, there's room for both things to exist. Mm -hmm. For her to be on medication and not, like, have it interfere a lot less. And also to be able to have skills to help her deal with some of it. Like, Mm -hmm. split the difference, right? I mean, I I guess that's ideal. That's, like, an ideal world. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that can happen. It's just weird that they swung so strongly in the anti-medicine world when it helps so many people. I think uh, I think it does help many people and I think um, it's also not a solution to yeah. all your problems yeah. and and there are like a lot of times like what will help you at one stage of life um, gets in the way at another stage of life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think that's part of the nuance of this show is like, Hey, uh, we're at this point in my life where I need, I need to be able to do different things than what this, uh, medication like allowed me to yeah. do. And, uh, obviously these kids were already familiar with Oh yeah. These like uh, uh, identities. identities. Alters. Um, mm-hmm. That's what they call them. And uh, in the way that like Kate was like, oh uh, yeah, I've gotten the talk like oh, from Buck, from, from Buck, Buck and, and Alice. Alice, yeah. Oh yeah, and T. Yeah, they grew up with these altars. Mm-hmm. She's always had them like, well, not always, obviously, but it gets into it like later in the show. Um, there is some like investigation and exploration. She thinks it'll like help her integrate to know what fractured her in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some like investigation into like what the incident was when her altars first appeared. And there is a whole point like later in the show where it's kind of revealed that she always thought that they started around the time of a sexual assault that she experienced in college or high school. Um, But then she discovers through confronting that person that he knew one of her altars. He didn't know it was an altar, but he had met T. So she already had dissociative identity disorder, but was undiagnosed at that point. And so it like gets into that she's like had this experience for a lot of her life Mm -hmm. so her children it's been their entire lives and it's been her whole marriage oh my god yeah so all of these people have been dealing with this forever which is part of why Charmaine is so exhausted yeah you know it takes a toll 
to have like mental health problems in any person's life but also like it does take a toll on the people in your life and it's so hard to like to navigate what is acceptable to put on the people you love and care about like Mm -hmm. like what's acceptable before you have to just like I mean, yeah, like, leave the room when your sister says that she doesn't want you around her kid. Like, how, that's brutal. And then that yeah. does lead her to this, that's, like, the inciting incident for, it seems like, maybe the rest of this season is mm. that she, Tara will be taking, or attempting to take control of, like, mm-hmm. her life in a way, in a more aware, like, way. Yeah. Rather than, like, suppressing. I don't know if that is the theme that's been before with, like, suppressing with medication. And then I don't know what the the solution was where they were, like, they were all kind of just working, to, like, living amongst each other. Well, that's what she does. Yeah. Well, I don't know what. It was like she went off the medication and then they all just kind of come out and have free reign. Like, she has no control yeah. over when an alter takes over. They take over when she's stressed, overwhelmed upset you know because that's the whole kind of like theory behind it is that they are initially they arrive to emotionally protect that person right the primary personality is under too much stress so Uh these alternate personalities arrive or are created to defend them you know but then like with all tools they're not always effective sometimes Mm -hmm. they become a hindrance down the line like you were saying with medication so she goes off this medication. They kind of take over again. She doesn't have the tools yet to deal with it. Yeah. But she threatens them. When she, like, goes back into her own psyche and sits down with all those alters at the yeah. table, she says, we're dissolving the United States of Terra. Yeah. This is going to be a kingdom now, and I'm the king. And if you don't like it, I will go back on medication, and you're all going back in the closet. She says. So yeah, she, she like, refuses to accept that part of herself also. Like, I don't know if that's it as much as she's just like, that's the control? only thing that I have. Like, if you don't uh, let me be in charge, I have no other option than to not let you exist. But you do exist, so that's going to hurt. Is she in therapy right now? Or does she just leave medication and stop doing therapy? No, she's in therapy throughout the show and then at a certain point her therapist is like we need to find you somebody who specializes in DID yeah and she finds somebody who specializes in DID and it's a spoiler for you but it already happened like before this episode she it turns out has unbeknownst to Tara like created an altar who is her therapist. Shut up! So she's like uh, therapizing no! herself. She yeah. didn't really find a therapist. But she does like ultimately. Oh my god. That's like a recurring thing. Brutal. She never like rejects therapy or like care from professionals. Yeah. You know, she doesn't want to be institutionalized, mm-hmm. but she's not like fully white knuckling it with like no psychiatric intervention. Yeah. You know? My gosh. Rough stuff. Wild. Wild. The the build up to that end, all of the stuff that occurs to leading to that scene where she's presumably his is taking the test. Aronos has left the room. It's just her and Eddie Izzard. 
And she's like snapped out of the, like being in the room in her mind that they, that's how they show you she's having this conversation with. That's how they choose to visualize it. Like I, I didn't realize that they were trying, they were going for this big, I feel like if you'd watched the whole series that that was way more poignant, but I still felt like, oh, this is a big moment for Tara. Mm Mm-hmm. When she snaps out of it and is, like, looking at Eddie Izzard and is like, I'm fucking crazy. And she's, like, covered. She's, like, written all this stuff all over her arms. Mm-hmm. Her chest is, like, torn into pieces. Um, it was, like, it was actually really beautiful. I just wish, like, that it had hit me. I felt like, <laughs> oh, man, I wish oh, that yeah. I had really felt this. You yeah. had had some the emotional way. connection. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I mean, I also don't like the way they throw around the term crazy on the show. Mm. I think they're doing it on purpose, though. Well, I feel like people who... That's what's, like, tricky with shows, you know? It's like, this person may or may not actually live some of these, like, identities and circumstances that are being portrayed. But, like, a person who is struggling with, like, mental illness, a lot of people do, like, talk about that. Like, I don't want to be crazy. I feel crazy. I'm scared you think I'm crazy. Like, that comes up in real conversations when people are struggling with, like, breaking down or functioning with other people in, quote, unquote, the, like, right, sane way. So throughout the episode, she had been saying, like, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Like, that came up earlier in the episode. Her saying, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Teased those things, you know. I'm not crazy. It is kind of this like breakthrough for her, like without, you know. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what you think is like the reason for choosing that language, like for Tara to choose that language. But it is a kind of a breakthrough moment for her to be like, I am fucking crazy. It's like saying I do have something I need help with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean. It's it's like a placeholder is what it is. The problem with using the word crazy is just that it doesn't really it rep it, it there's like this monolith representation of crazy yeah. it, that could be like that ranges from like I'm American psycho crazy hmm. to to like yeah, to like Tara seeing fifty different versions of herself or forty two yeah. or something, right? And None of those are are accurate to re- the real to the reality in the world we live in. Like crazy is just a word that doesn't really represent it or showcase the nuance of like what people mean. Like she's not really crazy. She's mentally ill, and but th- those things can be solved. Like she can. There are solutions to that. If somebody is like murdering people, huh. like like Norman Bates, he's like ca- calling him crazy doesn't help the situation. Yeah. Like, he should be locked up and stopped, like, stop him from hurting people, right? But, like, calling him crazy just writes him off. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, like, takes, removes the accountability from the whole thing. It doesn't I, solve the issue. So this is, I've been watching Star Trek. Um, <laughs> yes. I've been watching Star Trek uh, Voyager. And there's this episode um, where um, there's been a murder. And they're like, who done it? And then they find out murder. it's this the, a guy who works in the engineering and he's played by the guy who plays Wormtongue in the Lord of the Rings. Oh. Uh, so, and he's got these like they like he's a race of aliens that look like humans, but they just have like black contacts for their oh, eyes, I know. just like sharp eyes. <laughs> um, so he's like he's saying that all his life he is like he 
feel like the only times he feels things is when he's excited to kill someone and like killing someone is the only times he's like actually feels things and like wow. then the captain and the um like the people uh the people in charge of like uh the head of security who's a vulcan uh they're like what do we do do we keep him um do we put him in jail for the 70 year journey back to earth or whatever uh, because they're yeah, Star Trek. Um, and, or do we like we we can't kill him? That's not what we do. We don't we don't like like put someone to death for uh, like committing those crimes and stuff. And so what they do is the Vulcan he he does a mind melt. Okay, Star Trek again. He does a mind melt. <laughs> um, but what he does is when he gives does this mind melt, he shares his emotional mm. control skills mm. and then he keeps coming to visit this person through the rest of the season um being like how are you doing with the tools that i've given you to help you with your thing and like your thing your thing your what you're going problem. through your, your little, little your little murder murdery problem, problem. <laughs> um and, and all of that is to say um it's uh it's really much more interesting to see someone dealing with these like impulses with these mental illnesses. It's much more interesting to see them given tools to work with and Mm -hmm. see them try, fail, succeed, and those kinds of things than it is to simply write a person off, lock them up, make them disappear, Mm, you know, and and be like, now it's done. Justice is uh, served and the story is over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I think the like uh, this United States of Terra. I, I think it's very interesting, like the whole family being like, "Okay, let's like we're all ready for this," and then mm-hmm. she goes off her medicine, and then they're all like, "Well, we agreed to be here for her," and so her support system is her family, uh, her sister, She's even though really her sister's sweet. upset, and like yeah. and also therapy and stuff. Yeah. Well, it is cool because, like, the whole show, I mean, in some ways, it's really not realistic. Not just, like, specifically as a portrayal of DID, but, like, a portrayal of, like, living with mental illness at all. But in other ways, it's very realistic and very even, like, beautifully aspirational because you see throughout the show, there are moments where people in the family slip up um, and can't, like, be there for Tara or for each other or whatever. But overall, the theme is this family who's like, I am, they're being understanding, they're being accepting, and they're being supportive, like to the best of their ability. Like they're constantly choosing that. And sometimes it dips into the territory of like, oh, I'm giving, like sometimes Max is giving too much to Tara. And not enough to himself. Sometimes Kate is being too selfish because she's 16 and, you know, not being understanding enough. Like, there are ebbs and flows, but it is really cool to see, like, of course there are moments where somebody breaks down and yells, like, I just want you to be different. Mm. Yeah. But overall, it's like this group of people who are like, you're who you are and you're who you are and we love each other. And... People are broken. Like, what yeah, are you, you going to do just, about like, it? Quit people no, like you this. don't. I wish I could. <laughs> which is rough because there's also like, I don't know how. I mean, this show 
this episode, this season, came out 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know how it would fare if it came out today. Like, there are so many things, like, that, of course, people would be like, that's problematic. Like, yeah. don't throw around the word crazy like that. But, you know, many things. But also, like, there is this kind of thing culturally now about, like, drawing boundaries, which is extremely healthy. And yeah. I'm glad we're collectively learning that lesson. <laughs> but, like, I think that, like, we are collectively painting each other as toxic really easily oh, sure. today. Mm-hmm. That phrase, yeah. toxic, like, I toxic and have culture and eliminated that from my vocabulary with describing people. Um because we're like just dismissing each other very, very readily. Yeah. And that's not to say if you've lived a whole life with somebody who's truly been harmful to you and you are like ready and it's the right thing that you can't write someone off. But I also think that it's okay to be like, this is an extremely challenging relationship. It even yeah. is painful at times. And I still, with a lot of thought and care, have found it to be worthwhile. And I want to work on it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that people should be taught all the time that that is them shitting on themselves or allowing a toxic person or, like, a narcissist to take over their life, you know? Yeah. It's okay. There's a difference between an abusive relationship and a toxic one. Yeah. And I think people are just, I think people are using toxic to describe abusive relationships when they're not mutually exclusive or but also like a painful relationship uh is not necessarily either of those things as well Uh, and that could be ineffective on both sides too like if you're having a toxic relationship that could also just be you not communicating your needs Mm. either like if you're not not setting your own boundaries and not yeah Mm -hmm. yeah which is no go uh the show (laughs) this show was conceived by executive producer Steven Spielberg and what? his white Kate Capshaw, his wife. His, w- his whoa, wife. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> he has a black Kate Capshaw. <laughs> oh, no. While dis- uh, the it was conceived by Steven Spielberg, his wife Kate Capshaw, while discussing the compartmentalization of the typical human psyche. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, di- he was very involved typical. in the show hmm. while not being an active writer on the show. Hmm. And the showrunner, Diablo Cody, Diablo Cody, um, no was, fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was very. Oh. She wanted it to be a very. Um, it's got uh, her mitts all over. Mindful, it. It. like uh, yeah. connection to mental illness, and also about family and love and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, she uh, she does have such an in. Like, particularly with young women, like teenage girls, Mm -hmm. and how they interact with the adult world. Like, she obviously sees them as whole people, which is nice, because I think that you get a lot of that with Juno, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then with Kate, like, Kate has this whole rich, vivid, both the children do, vivid inner and outer world, like, beyond their mother. Yeah. And, like, whole aspects of this show are dedicated to... The pursuits of these kids, you know, which might be like tinged with the relationship with Tara, but it's not all about her. The scene that Kate and Tara have was so sweet. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was watching it and I was like, I don't relate to this at all. 
I have no idea. And I was like, is this real? <laughs> like, is this a real mother-daughter? Can mothers daughter? daughters talk like this? Yeah. yeah. But it was like, yeah, it was so, I guess I kind of had that with my grandma, but it was, mm. it was too sweet. And then you didn't, you don't see, you're, you barely see the dad and the son interact. At least in this episode. Yeah, yeah. You, I didn't see the... Yeah, the dad picked up the girl from the... Picked up Kate, Kate. from Oh, the that airport, was cute too, actually. Uh, which was very cute in how understanding he was about yeah. it. Yeah. He was just like, oh, wow, you're back He already. was giving her so much shit. But it was well, such they, a dad way yeah, of doing yeah. it too. Like, they oh, you're back already. They didn't want her to go. They didn't, uh, they didn't want her to go to Japan. Uh, she was going to go to Japan to teach English for a year. Oh, and they cool. were like, we really don't want her to go. Like, she graduated high school early. That's why she's, like, living her life. But, oh. um... Oh, she's 16. She's, like, maybe 17. Okay. I don't know. She could be 18 at this point. Yeah. Probably not. But she's a teenager who could still be in high school but isn't. Mm. And, but that's why it's so funny that they're painted as a dysfunctional family. Like... They're yeah. so functional. They're really functional. They have extreme wow. challenges in the form of tears like DID, but also in the form of like them all being human beings with yeah. very strong personalities and strong opinions and big feelings. <laughs> like, like normal. Like normal. Ty- typical, but I guess. It's like Tara and Max have had to deal with, they've had to learn patience. Yeah. You know, and acceptance. And like through the most wild crucible, you know, and I, it just like has helped them be such good parents. Like mm. they really are good parents throughout the show, and good parents let their kids down yeah. and they <laughs> fuck up really bad. Yeah. But they are so understanding and supportive, and it's like you know in the beginning of the show with like okay, Tara wants to go off her meds, we have to let her try this. Okay, Kate wants to go to Japan. We don't necessarily want her to go, but we can't stop her, so we have to. And there's radical. Let her go. Also, radical support of their son being homosexual for the time. Like, oh yeah, and there's queer a whole son. thing. Yeah. Like, there's a whole story arc where he like dates a girl. Or maybe just one, and he's kind of experimenting, and he's like, "Oh, this is not me." And then he comes out to his dad, and I don't remember. I mean, the dad, I think he just says, like, you want to get cheeseburgers? And he's like, what? And he's like, well, like, we always kind of thought, but I'm really glad that you told me. And, like, let's go eat. We were going to get food, so let's go get food. But, you know, it's just nice. You yeah. Know? They're, they're true chillers. Oh, it's so great. <sighs> true. Patience is probably one of the best things for all relationships. Yeah. It's just... And certain things in life, just when you've been through the ringer, you know, you're like, oh, I have to do this. Otherwise, it'll kill you. Yeah. Whether it's th- this, you yeah. know, or just like, oh, I have like my cousin who I live with who has ADHD. Or, oh my God, I have like, oh, I don't know, an addiction. Like whatever the thing is that's hard to navigate because yeah. the world makes it hard for you to fit in with that thing. Mm-hmm. It really can teach you like, intense acceptance and patience you know and how they're to be a true great. chiller they're doing good with these kiddos they love each other the question i wanted to ask was why you picked this show great question. was it because we already talked about it previously um i don't know i didn't think too much about it mm-hmm. uh... it's a show that 
like was part of that like we're right now in a television renaissance obviously yeah <laughs> streaming yeah. streaming is yeah. got it yeah but i would say that like the odds you know like 2001 to 2010 ish yeah. give or take a couple years on either end was like a really interesting time for television and you were starting to get like shows i don't know i feel, feel like a lot of people put it on the sopranos sopranos how do you say we it literally it? Jay, we've been having this conversation mm-hmm. yeah because sopranos, we, sopranos. Uh, we were talking about x files yeah how, like like it, a lot of people uh, uh, attribute it to those early HBO. Yes. Like, like not early HBO, but like uh, those HBO mega shows, mm-hmm. The Sopranos, The Wire, um, yeah. uh, Boardwalk Empire. Though I did read an, a uh, uh, a review of The United States of Tara. Oh. They were like, this is like a really good show. And, and I think it's sort of like this official sister show of Dexter. Um, and huh. because you get to explore, like you get like a female, like digging deep into character, whereas She's in Dexter you get a male digging deep into yeah. character. Yeah, not a murderer. But then they they said something along the lines of how bloated um, uh, Boardwalk Empire was, and like how mm. how it was like way too much, and like mm. uh, and I this see, is see, this I is see. way better television. And right. People had a lot of More feelings about the show. People loved this show. Tony Collette got. A couple awards. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I loved it. I watched it around, like, probably the first season had already come out. When I first watched it, I watched it with my mother. We watched a lot of good TV together Mm -hmm. and a lot of bad TV together. Mm -hmm. We should do Charmed, incidentally. Oh, my God, yes. Original Charm. Yeah. Big part of my childhood. I'd love to do that. Oh, Um, But, like, it was, you know, not everything is aged well. Uh... Definitely. Yeah. And that's not like, yeah. And we knew some of that thing. shit was bad even yeah. back then. But, you know, it really was a great era for television. And it was when we were like dipping into. I also think academically, the language for how you speak about race and gender and equality and sex has changed drastically. Like, the, oh my the, God, a lot yeah. of that, that has entered like the zeitgeist. Right. Yes. And, and words that would not have been as effective to people like the word crazy which mm-hmm. just simply was not going to have the same connotation then as it does now yeah and like like the the feelings we have about these words are different now than yeah. than the feelings we had then and i still do maintain like i think that i would never want to see a reboot of this show where tara doesn't use the word crazy to describe herself because yeah. i myself have said i feel crazy i don't want to be crazy yeah, me too and i have yeah. said i am fucking crazy and that is like you're right if you're dealing with that fucking shit you know i don't think oh well, i don't yeah. want to hear anybody else describe tara as crazy yeah, cuz she's not crazy and she knows that but she's limited in how i mean that's what it is right the reality is that the people she loves that are calling her crazy, her sister, yeah. uh, her her husband, are just at yeah. a point where they're incapable of communicating what the, how they really are perceiving her behavior in any other way. Yeah. And then she gets to a point at the end of the episode where she's like, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know how to communicate it any other way than to say, I'm crazy. Right. 
Which is frustration. Yeah. Today, like 10 years later, if there were a reboot of the United States of Terra, there would be more exploring of the language, you know? Which already that show, like, you know... Does. Talks about DID versus people calling it multiple personality disorder, you know? Talks about, like, the importance of some of the language, like, calling them her alters, you know? That's... I mean, that seems very progressive for the time that it came out of... Yeah. It feels feels like a current conversation more. Do we think cuz Sopranos also has is centered on therapy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I we we talk a lot about how like 9/11 shows post 9/11 and like what huh how that changes the landscape but I do we think that like the landscape of America entirely has changed post 9/11 to where we're so progressively talking about mental illness in a way that we would we not have if 9/11 never happened? Because, like, PTSD mm. started being treated like a real thing, mm. like, when I was in high school. I don't know if it was happening before then, but, like, not for a long veterans coming yeah. coming back from yeah. from the war in Afghanistan and then Iraq. Uh, a- and apparently then- in the 60s, they were experimenting with um, uh, uh, psychedelics and mm. um, uh, shell shock and, like, that yeah. kind of stuff. So they were scientists have like tried things and been interacting with those kinds of things but yeah it definitely wasn't in the the well i guess psychology itself too started becoming like i mean people started treating psychology as like a real thing to study too academically it evolved because like before when you just they just would lock people up and and write them off as crazy like even if you were just like gay you were crazy right but that's not like this thing we're like in the past, you know, you're describing people are crazy or they aren't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we disappear the people who are crazy. Um, and then there was this point where we tipped into like psychoanalysis became extremely popular. Like look at every, I mean, I've actually not seen a Woody Allen movie, but I know that mm-hmm. famously, Good for you. I know, mm-hmm. right? Good for you. <laughs> I'm for the people, the women people. <laughs> Uh, he, like, you know, was, like, a really important cultural touchstone, though, that spoke to the fact that people were embracing psychoanalysis, you know? And then, but it was still for people who were neurotic, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, weirdos and kooky people and crazy people get psychoanalyzed. They get help. And then you have that even through the 90s with stuff like Girl Interrupted. Still this idea that people who are troubled, quote unquote troubled, are the people who, or get mental health care, you know? People who have serious issues get therapy. Mm -hmm. And then around like our general high school, college years and after, it became more of this attitude of everyone should get therapy. Everyone should have some and does have some at least basic awareness of, if not understanding of, like, psychology, psychoanalysis. People can look at themselves and say, like, oh, it seems like I'm dealing with X, Y, Z. And a lot of people seek therapy who 10 years ago wouldn't have been considered troubled enough to pursue therapy, right? But now it's happening, like, really fast. But what I see online is... Well, now we're tipping out of everyone should get therapy because everyone can benefit from it. And we're tipping into a period of 
everyone is troubled. Everyone has their... Therapy's like, not going to do shit. Ah. That's what we're tipping into. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. yeah, there is. If you, like, look on social media now, there's this movement toward how can what I'm feeling and experiencing be helped on this individual level of I have this problem, regardless of how many other people have it, right. and this person will help me find my own personal solution when it's not actually a personal problem. It's a social... It's a social problem. Right. And I think right now, it's mostly focused on things like depression and anxiety. Yeah. These very common, quote-unquote, disorders, you know, yeah. and people are saying like, well, what if it's not like I have a chemical imbalance in my brain that makes me depressed, and I need to find a personal solution for it, and what if it's... These circumstances that we all live in, cough, cough, capitalism, are untenable. It's mm-hmm. not a you it's know? not a conversation with Rihanna unless capitalism no. comes at once. Cough, cough. Uh, well, but, that sounds like exactly the kind of like that's a theme that that has been reoccurring in in like literature for years. George mm. Orwell, like that's literally was his obsession. Hmm. Like that's what 1984. That it's not a personal animal problem. You're all... not crazy. Yeah. This whole system doesn't make sense. But also yeah. that that's less. That's not as. That's also not helpful. Saying therapy isn't helpful is also the same. Well, I know. Like, they both exist. Well, they both think, things exist. Yes, things the exist. circumstances are shitty. Absolutely. And yeah, there should be a solution to mm. capitalism. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also. You have to maintain your mental health mm-hmm. regardless. Well, you're right. It's everything is two ways, you know, yeah. bottom because to top, you, top to bottom. You meet yeah. in the middle. And I could see like people taking this current moment of did you just snatch a fly out of the air? No. <laughs> I, I think it was a, a lint. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Less cool, still cool. <laughs> Much <Yeah>. cooler. <laughs> like, I can see people taking this current moment of well, dropping like, it in front of you without a head. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy's bullshit. Like, it's not on the individual to fix themselves to fit into this system. Sure. I can see people taking that and being like, okay, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. But when you have somebody like Tara, yeah, you know, who obviously is massively struggling with fitting into the system that's been laid out for her, and then you have this idea that, like, Everybody should get therapy, but it's also not enough just for Tara as an individual to figure out how to fit into the world. It's also on the world to embrace people like Tara, whether or not they ever change. I think that's kind of like the point is, are we going to try to individually alter our behavior to the point where it's all working out fine? That idea is part of why Tara still has these altars that she needs to rely on because she doesn't feel equipped how she is to deal with PTA moms and to deal with her (laughs) husband getting upset with her and to deal with her past and her present and her future. She doesn't feel like she's enough. So she relies on these altars to get her through it. Well, she relies on these altars to play the parts that need to be played that she can't. That's also... That's the point, right? Is that the way she's dealing with her life isn't healthy for her. It's or right. has negative consequences for her, I should say. Yeah. And, right. And and she needs to figure out other ways to deal with it. The thing but is, the, is, but that doesn't she... take away the fact 
that it's all sucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That she still has things that she has to deal with. It's right. just the way she's dealing with it isn't ideal for her. And I think that a huge part of the show, too, is very explicitly the idea that there's kind of this hope that, like, the problem is her alters on the surface. They get her into trouble. They get her into scrapes. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're <laughs> devastating. Yeah. Like, they've been dangerous, and they've been really harmful to, like, the family dynamic. And the problem is often treated like it's the DID and it's the alters, but they frequently get into, like, the problem's not the DID. The real problem is whatever happened that I couldn't deal with that led to this DID, right? And then there's hope that if they can crack that nut, the DID will go away. And I want to give a huge spoiler. Do it! Can I? Yeah! yeah. You can do whatever okay. you that's want. This show. It's yeah. gonna I'm it's gonna ruin it for you two. No. If anybody doesn't want this, I'm gonna tell you the last moment of the entire show. Like it's beautiful because they knew they were going to get canceled. So they were able to kind of like and. sort of wrap things up. That's nice. And there's this whole journey where she essentially figures out, okay, I think that this step-sibling that I never knew I had when I was a kid, they find out that he like sexually assaulted her and Charmaine as children. Oh my God. And that that's when her altars first appeared. She ends up creating a new altar who is that boy. And he's extremely violent. And he kills her other altars, like one by one. They start going missing. And the other altars come out and are like, we're scared. Tara doesn't know what's going on. We don't really know what's going on. But Bryce is coming for us. Bryce wants to kill all of us and kill Tara and have her body and her life. And... It's really frightening and intense. She goes like, she's trying to confront what happened between her and this boy in reality. And she goes into her mind and confronts the altar, Bryce, and she kills him. Um, And then when she comes back out of it, she's with Max and she is like, we have to go to this place that was recommended to me by a doctor. It's like um, not an institution, but it is an inpatient place that deals specifically with DID patients. And she's like, I'm ready. I want to go. I want to deal with this. And the last shot is them driving in the truck. And she looks in the rearview mirror And all of the original altars are in the bed of the truck and they've had the shit kicked out of them, but they're there and they're Uh, alive. uh. So this is kind of like this, the way I always took it was that those are a part of her and they're not supposed to go away. And that her ultimate healing journey isn't going to result in an integrated Tara. Yeah. It's going to result in Tara along with these other people who are a part of her because she doesn't need to be... Yeah. Fixed, she needs to be embraced for the yeah. entirety of her. Wow. Yeah. All of those altars do Are help her. her with very specific yes. things. Wow. Yeah. They're they're tools that like they're just personalities that have different fun things that like fun. 
fun things. <laughs> different fun things. Different, different fun, fun things. things. Well, we've all been, you know, in that situation where we want to run someone over with a car. We just <laughs> don't do it. Right. Mm. You know? Yeah. Or like you have an intrusive thought and you just yeah. don't act on it. Right? But yeah. her in these other alter- alters. She can act on it. Well, that it. brings up a really interesting like question about how much, like we said earlier in this episode, they are her and how much they're individual entities that have nothing to do with her. Yeah. And, like, is it possible that alters can start as fragments of your own personality, remain partly you, but also develop as their own people totally independently? Because there's shit throughout this show where you're like, oh, it seems like Tara is expressing something here through T or through, like, one of the other alters. But then there are moments where an alter does something that Tara, like, really, I don't think, wanted to do. Like, Buck has an affair. Whoa. Buck falls in love with a woman. Whoa. Oh, but I just remembered that in some ways... Oh, my God. <laughs> She's having a revelation <sighs> as we speak. What? Did uh, Tara want to have anything? No. I, I think but... regardless. <laughs> we've had a very good conversation about this show. I have very much enjoyed talking about this show with you. Mm. And uh, thank you for coming on again. Yeah, thanks. Diving into whatever we do when we dive into a random TV show. And I yeah, love yeah. that we can like explore. Yeah, we could probably keep talking for so another five stuff. hours. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just unacceptable. That's, that's just, uh, just going to be a tough edit. It's a yeah. tough edit on the pod. That's for uh, sure. Thank you to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And, and Neil uh, Capshaw Kate and Capshaw. Diablo Cody mm-hmm. for providing us with some rich source material. Thank you to Tony Collette, John Corbett, Rosemary DeWitt. Uh, ooh, this is the tough one. The oh, Sun. Yeah. The Sun. Keir Gilchrist. Keir Gilchrist. Oh. Gilchrist. Yeah. Oh, are, my, are we meant to say these names? Brie Larson. Patton Oswald And... and Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard, the legend. Uh, Stellar fucking cast. So incredible cast. The Mm. episode was directed by Penny Marshall. Um, Did we thank Ron Fitzgerald as well? uh, Oh, the writer of this episode, Ron Fitzgerald. Right on. And um, um, I think that's that's all the people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, people, for making a cool TV show. Thanks for coming on the episode. Thanks for coming back. I had a delightful time. Excellent. And uh, I can't wait to come back. I'm sorry you're wearing something so... Uh, Sweaty? Mm-hmm. Yes. Non-breathing? Non-breathing. Unbre- un- uh, Nothing compared to what Tara and her family go through every day. I bet, I bet sweaty and... Talking about sweating and unbreathing. United States Tara. Uh, <laughs> though, I mean, they never put on a turtleneck through any of the episodes that we watched. So yeah. I think... We have no I think there's yeah. some of yeah. their preventing that sort mm-hmm. of suffering to mm-hmm. themselves in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. way. That makes sense. Um, is there any place you want people to find you whatever cool yeah right on <laughs> i'm on the internet yeah sometimes you'll just run into to you on the street it's true yeah. that so. actually happens to me all the time dang huh. yep people run into me on the street chicago's a big city but a small town yeah that's yeah. true yeah yeah i have yet to run into someone i keep waiting for it to happen Ooh, like this is exciting really yeah one day cool. i bet it's gonna be so do you leave often yeah well, I'm You're biking. on your bike. You're I'm on your biking. bike. It's hard to run into but people. But I have your... people honk at me on my bike sometimes, and I turn, and it's a friend. Ah. No, I certainly have run into you on my bike, but I saw you. You didn't see me. Why didn't you say something? Then yeah. it would have been us would running into each other. Oh, Two ships. That, 
Then I was so excited, and I was like, oh, she's gone. Well, yeah. One ship in the night, one ship in the harbor. Two yeah. ships in the night. One ship in the harbor. <laughs> Thank you for listening to season three, episode four. Our theme song was written by Jacob Bernstein. Uh, you can find Lisa on Instagram at L-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-A. You can find Adam on Instagram at DamnNHD. And you can find Oz. I don't know if you heard any of his click meanderings, clackings. his click clackings, uh, but you can find him at Ozzy the Buddy. That's O-Z-Z-I-E the Buddy. Uh, you can find this podcast at Season 3, Episode 4. The words are words. The numbers are numbers. All right. Thank you all. Bye. 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 What is the episode? Season 3, Episode 4. Season 3, Episode 4. Season 3, Episode 4. Season 3, Episode 4. Right.